0: Gates open off and Skyly Century stayed in the gate. There's Vow Rogue being set alight immediately by Cyril Small and racing to the lead. But Vow Rogue won't give up. He's still in front. Groucho's grabbing him now. Groucho coming at Vowro. Don't play, getting a rails run. Vaux Rogue in front. He's got a heart as big as himself. He'll win Voro.
1: This podcast Rogue. is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing, and the High Gang
0: Group. Trainers strive to have horses spot on for race day. Fuel cells up the right mental state, the right fitness levels. Equally important is the horse's capacity to recover quickly from racing and track work. The aim is to give owners every opportunity to win optimum prize money by keeping a horse in training for as long as possible. High Gain Recuperate is a powerful blend of electrolytes, B group vitamins, and vitamin E in paste form, which can be administered after fast work and in the days leading up to a race to assist recovery. 30 mil of Recuperate drawn from the 500ml bulk pack is the economical alternative to individual electrolyte and vitamin paste syringes. High Gain Recuperate powers performance and recovery. Visit the High Gain website and use promo code JohnTap.racing to receive 15% off your next Recuperate purchase. Toowoomba-trained horses are always respected by the form students whenever they make the trip over the range to Brisbane. This is largely due to the fact that Toowoomba trainers have become very adept at picking the right time to take a horse to town. One of the most astute is Kevin Kemp, whose training career began on a hobby basis in the mid-1970s. Today, 68-year-old Kevin Kemp has a team of 30 horses in work and operates from Toowoomba's most famous racing stable – When the iconic trainer Jim Atkins passed away in 2010 at the remarkable age of 94, Kevin quickly tendered his expression of interest in the former home of high-profile horses like Delrello, Grey Affair, Just Now and Prince Ruling. Since moving into the landmark stables on the western side of Clifford Park in 2012, Kevin has continued where Jim Atkins left off producing a regular flow of winners on his home track and maintaining a healthy strike rate in the metropolitan area. Kevin's hoping some of Jim Atkins' longevity rubs off on him. In his early teens, he was only 46 kilos in weight, prompting him to seek an apprenticeship with Gold Coast trainer Bill Craft. He rode about 20 winners before weight problems set in by which time he'd developed a liking for harness horses. From five drives, he won two races, and at that time, he could easily have opted for a career in the trotting game. Kevin Kemp is travelling to the sunny coast with a runner uh, on a Sunday. The reception's pretty good, so let's have a chat with him now. Kev, I don't think you've got any regrets about going to the Thoroughbreds. No, certainly not,
1: John. It was... uh all thoroughbreds early, early times. And then when we moved to the trotters for a while, uh, I really, oh the paces, I really loved that. And uh, then back to the uh, gallopers and uh, never looked back, yeah.
0: I was watching a race from Toowoomba last Saturday week on Sky Racing, 9th of April, and I saw one of your team win very impressively with Sky Bogenhuber in the saddle, a mare called Winter Rain. In fact, she's won... Her last two at home, Kev. I know it was Toowoomba form, but gee, you might find a race for her in town.
1: Yeah, she certainly uh, uh, seems to be getting better with age. She's uh, a four-year-old, uh, John, but she's uh, certainly, she won three three early in her career in the row and now she's put two together now. She's pretty honest uh, and mares, as you know, when they uh, hit form, they can hold their form a bit. Mm. Could be the time to take her down to town, yeah, for mm.
0: sure. Alert and Ready is another smart filly who's won some races at Clifford Park. You like her?
1: Yeah, I do, and I think I made a bad choice trying to see how far she could go. Uh, We, um, uh, up in distance, we we went too far. She's not a mile. Well, that was exactly the same with Winter Rain. She had two goes at a mile this time in and and failed and form before that and since it, around to 1,300 is is, uh, really good. And I think Alert and Ready... Is the same uh, – yeah, she's uh, – a lot of times you get these horses that can come from the back and they run on and you think they want further, but a lot of times they don't, John, mm. as we know, yeah. Mm.
0: I like it, I love it. Is yet another three-time winner who's paying away.
1: Yeah, I like it, I love it. It's, uh, only had a, a handful of starts and done really well. She's uh, um, a little bit of a um, – She loves to run out in the straight for some reason. We're trying to work it out, and I've rang good trainers and everything and tried to uh, this, that, and the other with her, and we've had chiropractors and God knows what. But uh, she just sort of – she goes around the first corner really good and doesn't really – comes around the second corner and up the straight out a bit too deep, and she cost herself probably a a much closer placing than fourth the other night uh, when she – Run right nearly to the outside fence But she's a really good filly And if we can work her out And straighten her out She could win a decent race for sure
0: You've got another filly in the stable Who is perhaps as valuable as three good horses And that's your apprentice Montana Savva She's been with you about a year Kev She's only 24 She's still claiming two kilos And is a very exciting talent
1: Yeah, Marty's... uh been a, a breath of fresh air, John, mm. to tell the truth, since she came to our stable, as you say, 12 months ago. Terrific, uh, terrific person, as well as a uh, really good little jockey, I believe, and she does a lot of things right for us in the races, that, uh it's really good, yeah, for sure, mm. won a lot of races for us, John.
0: Sky Bogenhuber helps you out of the track uh, mornings, and you put a few race rides Sky's way. I saw a win one at Doombin for you recently uh, on a mare called Sutto's Gal, who led all the way.
1: Yeah, certainly. Skye's uh, Sky's a very good rider. She, as everybody knows, she's uh, unreal. The main winner she's rode uh, in her career. And she's still going as good now, I believe, as, as, as ever, because uh, her last, I think her last three rides for us, she's rode three winners. And mm. I don't think... Uh, I don't think she's lost anything, uh, Skye. She's uh, a terrific person as well and, and a really good rider for sure, John.
0: In your quiet moments there at the stables, do you ever feel the presence of the ghosts of some of the great horses who've been there before?
1: Well, um, when I was uh, being a jockey... That was when uh, Jim had a lot of really good horses back in the seventies, mm. early seventies, and 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 later on, of course. And uh, but uh, I remember probably most of uh, Jimmy's uh, really good horses, uh, as you said before, Rello, There was Intrepid Clipper. There was uh, Just Now. You could you could just go on and on. Prince Ruling, Prince Anton, Tristan mm. um, Edition. It's uh, there was he had as many. Group horses there as I've got maiden horses. I think at the moment. Yeah. The thing is, uh, it was unbelievable the the amount of uh, really good horses that um, that Jim trained, and uh, what an amazing trainer he must have been. Yeah, for sure. Mm.
0: I imagine Jim Atkins would have been an inspiration, Kev, to dozens of young trainers who've come through the system at Toowoomba. I know you thought the world of him.
1: Oh, certainly. It wouldn't have been. I don't think there'd be too many people that would say, uh, would have a bad word to say about Jim Atkins. He was just there to help everybody uh, Mm. and and just amazing, yeah, for sure, for sure, John, yeah.
0: You're probably the second most famous person to hail from a tiny little place called Mitchell, about 90 (laughs) kilometres from Roma, population about 1,400. Here's a bit of history, you probably know this, a young bloke grew up there in the early 1900s who was destined to become the 15th and the shortest-serving Australian Prime Minister. He inherited the job when John Curtin died, but he was defeated in a leadership spill eight days later by Ben Chifley. Were you aware of that useless piece of trivia?
1: No, I don't know about useless, but no, I wasn't aware of it, John, no, but uh, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. From Mitchell, eh,
0: huh? yeah, yeah, and his name was Frank Ford. I forgot to mention his name.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's um, that's interesting. I'd never, uh, no, I never knew that, John. No.
0: There were no iPads mm. or computer games when you were growing up in Mitchell, so you relied on your pony to keep you entertained weekends and school holidays. You and your mates would go out on the ponies all day long.
1: Mm, yeah, if you're ever home before dark, uh, your mum and uh, your mum and dad would think there was something wrong. But uh, different today with kids, you got to have them home, You got to know where they are all the time. But the thing is, uh, mm. the thing is with yeah, I never seen TV last I was fourteen, and uh, but that's back. That's when that's how it was back then, and we never even uh, we never missed it because we never had it, John. So uh, mm. it was uh, yeah, we always had a pony in the backyard. Uh, we never owned one. We couldn't afford that, But uh, Mum and Dad, but we uh, borrowed a pony off somebody out there and, uh, yeah, we always had a little pony and uh, mm. a couple of pet kangaroos and whatever in the backyard, a few chickens, and, and uh, no, it was a good life uh, being brought up out in Mitchell. There was nothing wrong with that. I had 14 years there before we come to here, yeah, and I enjoyed mm. every minute of it, I think, yeah.
0: 1969 was a great year, mate. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon. And Kevin Kemp landed in Toowoomba. What brought the family to the Downs?
1: Yeah, well, uh, my father was uh, just working on the railway line mm. as a uh, as a f- uh, fettler, I think they were called, just doing the doing mm. the hard yakker. And he got uh, a job transferred to uh, here in Toowoomba, and that's the that's what brought us here. And they picked us up on the Westlander. Uh, I was at Ambey at one of my mates' places, the O'Sullivans. That um, um, the Sullivans that uh, owned a property there and had a few horses and cows and whatever else, sheep and that. Mm. And uh, we used to spend most of our time there riding around the horses and mustering and whatever else and going to the shows and the, on the Saturday and the Jim Carners on the Sunday. And then anyhow, we're at the uh, – mm. must have been the Amby show, I suppose, on the, on the Saturday or the Sunday, and the Westlander was coming through and they told me to be at the Westland. I don't know how they told me. I don't think we had a phone. I don't <laughs> know what – yeah, I was. We might have been carrier pigeon or something, but anyhow, anyway, <laughs> I got to the train and uh, the train station, and we landed in Toowoomba. Yeah, that
0: yeah. was it. <laughs> well, you went to school at Toowoomba, but not for long. The the moment you turned fifteen, you took off.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went to grade eight. I'm pretty sure in Toowoomba, and uh, mm. oh well, that was when we when we left Toowoomba is uh, when I finished school. Yeah, so in 1969 well, well I was born in 54 so mm. but anyhow whatever uh yeah so it was uh but as I say being brought up in Mitchell there was uh, certainly enough. I, I just I, I loved it I had a lot of mates there and mm. still know a lot of them and still see a lot of them and uh they kind of, a lot of a lot of people from Mitchell have moved down this way too as well in the last uh 50 odd years and uh mm. yeah no it's uh it's good I haven't uh got out there much since but uh Anyhow, we, uh, I've been always wanting to take a horse there and race it, but I've never got one there yet.
0: But,
1: uh, mm. I'll get there one day. I'll get there one day.
0: You were only a little bloke at that stage of your life, which prompted you to try an apprenticeship. You told me once you started with one of the smaller Gulf Coast trainers whose name escapes you, but somebody told you that Bill Craft was looking for a kid and you put your hand up.
1: Yeah, I went there for a while with Bill. He's really... Really good uh, horse trainer on the Gold Coast. A um, couple of uh, really good horses he had there at the time, Toddland and the and Gem, they were really good horses. Mm. Uh, they were Brisbane-class horses. And anyhow, uh, stayed there for a while, but uh, I, I just couldn't ride. I, my main, I was one of the only jockeys ever to give it up and, and say why. I, I couldn't ride. I wasn't um, – <laughs> well, actually, Mick, Mick was with us for a while, Mick Dittman. Yeah. and. Uh, I remember Mick saying one day, not a bad bloke, Kempi, but you can't ride.
0: Did he? Did he?
1: And, uh, <laughs> Very tactful. I, I, I beat him one day at the Gold Coast and i was only seen him here in Toowoomba a few weeks ago. And I reminded him the day I beat him, he said, oh, I can't remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, Kev, uh, he you, you, you must have been able to sit on, to some degree, you rode 20 winners
1: Oh, yeah, a lot of them, I think, uh, they used, we, we it was at, at the time at the Gold Coast, John, they were changing over from the the grass track, they were building a new grass track, and we were racing on the sand, and they put me on, um, they put me on um, a lot of horses there, I think, they were just sitting steer jobs. Um, oh, yeah. Jump out in front on the sand and you'd you lead all the way. Mm. Uh I, I think anyone could have went on them I'm not knocking myself by saying that, I'm just saying I would say, yeah. Yeah. But, but the, I hope uh but I had a lot of fun doing it, too
0: Bill Kraft also trained a few harness horses, and it wasn't long before you were in the trotting Sulky and you really took to it.
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah, his son was a trotting driver, Derek Kraft. He uh, Derek was a, a fairly good jockey too. He rode a Wheatwood winner and uh, mm. uh, and that back in the day. But uh, he's um, he had some really good uh, paces there. Sonora Scott and just uh, El Josmar and they were really good mm. Albion Park horses. It was so good to be with them. They had a thirty horses, also more, even more. And uh, and Derek and Nola, they are just unbelievable how they looked after horses and everything else it was just uh, it was just amazing. I love being with the with the with the paces. They were so. They were sort of a little bit um, less hypey horse than the thoroughbred. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was so good.
0: They're lovely to work with.
1: Mm. Mm, well, well, you'd know that. Oh, absolutely. You
0: happened mm. to be at Albion Park one morning when a very famous pacer was being quietly jogged by his trainer. Now, that trainer saw you standing there staring at him so he pulled up and he invited you to jump up onto the side of the sulky and travel a few laps behind that particular horse. What was the horse?
1: Yeah, never forget that, John, was Paleface Adios. He well, was, uh, I don't know how many heats of the Inter-Dominion he won, but, uh, and he never won an Inter-Dominion, but he won probably... Uh, many probably heats. 10, yeah, many, many heats. He was a great mm. horse. He was a uh, great pacer and uh, quietest horse I've ever seen, I think. <laughs>
0: And a stallion
1: yeah that's right yeah yeah I just remember him uh, being a uh, just a the re- a really quite lovely quiet horse and and he let me sit on the side of the sulky and uh poke around the track once. yeah. and then uh, yeah but anyhow that was just a bit like uh you know at that that time uh, it was just it was uh, it was the um, it was unreal yeah I was just uh, stoked with that
0: he was in the, he raced till he was eleven. <coughs> He raced 240 times, thoroughbred people that have trouble getting their head around that. He won 108 races. He ran 68 placings. But probably the greatest uh, testimony to, he, to his uh, ability uh, and his crowd appeal, Kev, is the fact That he ran in seven miracle miles. You've got to be invited to run in the miracle mile, as you know. (laughs) So you've got to be going pretty well at the time. He ran in seven of them. Thankfully, he won one in nineteen
1: seventy-six. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable! What a horse back then. I can just. uh, The the paces, yeah, they're still great for sure. But there was a few back in them days that uh, they really stood out. Uh, just not long after that, there was Honda uh, Grattan and uh, Pure mm. Steel. and yeah, yeah. great horses. You'd know yeah.
0: That was a golden era. You know, it's not mm. generally known around Toowoomba that Kevin Kemp actually had five race drives for two wins. Where were the wins?
1: Yeah, my first one was at Rockley, and I beat a driver called Kevin Thomas – Mm. Who's uh, who in <laughs> legend? He runs, yeah, legend. He's a, he's a great man. And every time I see him, I say, Oh, Kev, how are you? He says, Don't mention that bloody Rock Lee race. <laughs> <laughs> Does he?
0: To this day.
1: <laughs> I only seen him a few weeks ago. Yeah, I said, "Remember that one, Kev?" He said, "Leave me alone. Don't say it." Yeah. He ended up being in, He ended up going to America. Was leading driver there for four years or something. oh
0: uh, he was. But just...
1: uh, he's a great man with that. He's got the properties mm. now down down on uh, Bay Desert Way there, and uh, Ara, Children, mm. and that, and uh, lovely, magnificent properties he's got, and uh, spelling places, and pre training, and breaking, and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And um, yeah, he he. We beat him in his first one at Rockley, and then we went to. Oh, I pestered uh, Crafty for a uh, ride, and he put me on this uh, drive, and he put me on this thing that hung all the way and ended up running last, so that quieted me down for a while. Then he, we, um, I went to a trainer on the Gold Coast called Laurie, or, or mainly an owner called Laurie Wall, who was yeah. very big uh, in it. with uh, anyhow. Keith Brooks was his main driver, and they put me on one that was about 20 to 1 on. Mm. I think it was 20 to 1 on. When they put me on it, they might have got a bit better price, probably about even money or something. <laughs> But it was just it sat three deep and trip. I butchered it and it still won. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, two more drives after that and one was at Albion Park. Mm. And uh on a really good horse uh, welcome sign, it won sixteen out of eighteen around the provincials and that like Tweed Heads and gold mm. coast and that. Mm. Anyway, a couple of story short, he uh I had to I had to either lead or be outside the leader for the stable mate in the race was a really hard puller. Mm. And even though they wanted both of us to win, but for the other horse to be given any chance as well, he had we had to have the speed on. Anyhow, uh, we jump and get away from the barriers, and I thought I was in front. And I look up, and here's this thing about five lengths in front of me. It was, and it ended up being uh, Roma Hanover, but she, she ended Whoa. up being probably the best mare in Australia after a while. Top mare, but man, these were yeah. three year olds. Yeah, yeah. And anyhow, we ran fourth, and mm. and guy, a fella called Keith Kevin Newman. Run, uh, we ran fourth. Yeah, a fella called Kevin Newman ran third. Yeah. And um, anyhow, uh, we're walking back towards the stewards' room, and uh, my horse was in the death seat, and he just laid in a little bit. He was used to going out the other way around at the provincials and at Albion Park, Park back in those days. They went, they went uh, the opposite way. They went right-handed. Anyhow, he used to lay in on the turns, and he hit his wheel. And he was eight to one on, or six to one on in the race. This horse called uh, Al's Holiday, who mm. was a down and uh, anyhow, uh, he galloped and went back through the field. He came home and beat me in a fader for third. And we we're walking back to the stewards' room or the jockeys' room. Sorry. Yeah. And he said, "I said, oh, your horse a big girl." I was eighteen, I think, at the time. I said, You're yeah. He was a leading driver in Australia. I said, "Oh, was your horse a big green, sir?" And he said, "You're the green bastard." He said, "I'll get you in the room." <laughs>
0: That's <laughs> Kevin Newman you're talking about.
1: <laughs> Kevin Newman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, and I, and uh, anyhow, they, uh, I think, they give me a month or something. But by then uh wall had sold all his trotters and went back to the gallopers so that's how i end up in the gallopers again Mm.
0: the great kevin Mm. newman who passed away about (laughs) four years ago after having won 10 harold park trainers premierships and eight (laughs) harold park drivers premierships and one of the greatest horsemen uh, we ever saw in the harness sport in new south wales now Mm. kev after pulling the pin on your race riding career You offered your services as a work rider on the Gold Coast, and you did that for quite a while. You got to ride a very good Victorian horse uh, two or three times in track work. What was his name?
1: Yeah, Torto. He was – he won a Cox Plate. Uh, Lenny Hill won a Cox Plate on him back Mm. in the 70s, and, yeah, I used to ride him now and then. Uh, There was was, um, some damn good horses on the Gold Coast. I used to ride for Alf Sands. A little bit back then, and he had a horse called Golvin, mm-hmm. and uh, we used to ride him a little bit of work and so rode some really good horses. A couple of good horses came up from the South Valley. Moss was one that held the record at Caulfield. We rode him a few times, and boy, it was just like you know, to ride them good horses after riding a few maideners, um, uh, it felt like just jumping into a Mercedes, I was like, oh, I've yeah. never still been in Mercedes, but anyhow, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, it was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed that time down there and then um, came up to Toowoomba here for a holiday one day and uh, stayed up here back in oh, probably 1976 or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, mid-70s, you went back to Toowoomba. Mm. You got a job with a bloke called Norm McCullum, a great trainer of his era, and during that time you actually acquired your own trainer's licence uh, Norm obviously had no objection to you keeping one or two in his stables.
1: Mm. No, that's right. Yeah, the first first horse I had was um, first horse I had was uh, was um, first horse I had was um, Don Fagin. Uh Don Fagen yeah, yeah, yeah. He won seven, seven races straight. There,
0: mm. you found him um, at Longreach.
1: Yeah. yeah, Longreach. Yeah, went out for a holiday to Ayers Rock uh with mum and dad back in uh day in 1978 i think it was and uh anyhow uh on the way back uh uh they asked me if i'd have a ride on this horse and he was uneducated little two-year-old and gee he went well and um yeah they said i could have him if i could get a trainer's license so i came home and uh asked norm we went back and picked him up but uh, met him halfway at morvin actually Mm. Um, and uh, and got him and come home, and uh, he, he won his first start. Then he got beat a couple of times, and then he won his next seven. So mm. uh, we are all hooked on the training after that, I suppose, John, yeah. Mm.
0: Well, for two years after you got started, you worked in the boning room at the local abattoirs, and you drove a taxi from time to time, but you had a horse or two in work in that two years.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I had, always had a horse in work, um, mainly for the brother-in-law, one called uh, Under Thunder. He won five or four or five or five races, I think. Mm. And then, um, yeah, we're pretty always a bit lucky that we had one that could win a race, uh, which obviously keeps you interested, um, no doubt. Uh, and then uh, later on, around about 2000 or 2001, uh, is when I become uh, uh, full-time uh, with uh, when Kenny and Debbie Waller went to Macau. Yep. Uh, they trained a good horse called Star Tell, and um, I was lucky enough to get him, and uh, uh, that uh, that set us on the road. Then, yeah.
0: Well, he he'd won races for Debbie Waller, but he won another five for you, including the famous Wheatwood Handicap, and another stakes race, the Brisbane Handicap, and he was ridden in both of those races, Kev, by the late Starthy Cacidas. It's well known that. Starthy died at age 31 in 2010 from the effects of a drug overdose. He made an enormous impact, didn't he, in his short life. He won three Brisbane Jockeys Premierships. He won a Magic Millions. He won a Derby at Randwick on shootout. But he was well-liked by all sections of the racing industry. You thought the world of him.
1: Yeah. Um, Unbelievable, Uh, John. Sorry, I just... Um, unbelievable! uh an unbelievable. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, unreal. You're you're travelling as I mentioned earlier. Sorry, sorry, here.
1: John. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. No,
0: I understand. It's good of you to talk to us. Now, the second horse uh, to come to you from oh, Debbie Waller's place was Stormy yeah. Lodge. He won five races too.
1: Yeah, that's right. Stormy Lodge, great little horse he was. Um, uh, very. Uh, Very honest horse, really good. He'd won, I think he won about three straight for Debbie and Kenny uh, Mm. before I got him, and then uh, I was lucky enough to win another couple with him. Uh, He was uh, such a lovely little horse, yeah.
0: Mm. One of your all-time favourites was a horse called Tellum. Tough and durable, he won 16 all up, about 575,000, and he won two Wheatwood Handicaps, two years apart.
1: Yeah, he did. He won. um, Yeah, he won two. And the one we thought we had him spot on for was the one he got beat in. (laughs) But anyhow, in between, yeah, (laughs) yeah, the one in between. We thought, wow, this is it. He's spot on because he had a few little uh, feet problems and blah blah. And uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, that was the one. But he was such a lovely horse. He, I'll never forget him.
0: (laughs) Mm. You know, you had a sentimental attachment to tell him, mainly because you'd ridden his grandam, Bernella, in a lot of her track work some years before for the Cronin family who were very good to you back in those days.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, Bernella, used to ride her now and then, Kenny Waller and I, uh, back in the day, and she was a really good mare, won a lot of races, a lot of races for Norm, uh, Norm McCullum and, uh, and then there was... Uh, uh, we've still got a horse with uh, Alan Cronin now called Linthorpe Ladd, and he goes really good. He's just having a spell at the moment, but he's a nice horse, mm-hmm. one in the city and that, and Linthorpe Ladd, and he's one of, the, one of the last of them. They've still got a couple of brood mares out there. We're trying to get uh, get going and that, but uh, great mm-hmm. people, Alan and Bernice. They're just, uh, and their family, it's unbelievable, yeah.
0: You realised a burning ambition in 2005. You brought a mare called Winsome Dancer to Sydney, to win a race at Rose Hill with Mitchell Bell in the saddle. I bet you'd love to do that again one day.
1: Yeah, that was amazing. Her owner, main owner, uh, Graham Shye from Gundawindi and to being the mayor of Gundawindi and everything. Graham uh, was. And um, anyhow, he said one day, he said, would you like to take the mayor over the border? Well, I thought he might have meant Maury or somewhere like that. (laughs) I said, whereabouts? He said, Rose Hill. I said, gee, okay, let's go. So we went down there and uh, it was the right time of the year, the right race and right everything else, and she won. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. It was unbelievable. Lovely mayor, winsome dancer, yeah.
0: Did you stay with Ron Quinton on that trip?
1: No, I didn't, but but when she won, we gave it to Ron then. Right, and uh, she raced really well after that. She wasn't uh, able to win again, but I don't think she missed the place or so second, third, and fourth. She kept running, mm. and um, yeah, but the race that that we took her down for was the one. It was the uh, it was the run. It was the end of the carnival down there in Sydney, and then they fall away for a couple of weeks, and we just happened to land there at the right time. Yeah,
0: mm. Kev, just stand by for a moment. We'll clear a commitment on the podcast, and we'll come back with you after this. The Hawkesbury Race Club looks forward to presenting its popular standalone Saturday meeting on April 30th. The historic Clarendon course will host a bumper 10 race card, carrying $1.4 million in prize money and featuring four stakes races the Group 3 Hawkesbury Cup, the Group 3 Hawkesbury Guineas, the Hawkesbury Crown for fillies and mares, and the listed Gold Rush. The regular tab highway and midway races will also be programmed. A quick glance at the Hawkesbury Cup on a roll reveals three dual winners in the last 30 years. Magic Road won the Cup in 95 and 96, huge demand in 99 and 2000, while Arcademus has won two of the last three. Two very distinguished Hawkesbury Cup winners in recent history were Quick Flick in 1997 and Referral in '98. Both horses went on to win the Group 1 George Ryder Stakes the following season. The 2015 winner, Sons of John, holds a special place in history. He's the horse to finish closer to Winks than any other horse during her 33-win sequence. The Gold Cup will highlight a cracker program at the Hawkesbury Race Club's standalone meeting, Saturday, April thirty. In more recent times, you've trained a very smart mare called Soul for Song. She won a Daybreak Lover. She won a Gold Edition. She ran fourth in Attached Tiara, and she ran a cracking second at Flemington one day.
1: Yeah, that's right. She ran second in the Gill Guy. Uh, only got beat ahead. Jimmy Orman, as an apprentice, went down road mm. uh, That was unbelievable. Would have been. Um, I thought she ran third. So second was great. And then we went back again then and we ran third in the Chester Manifold stakes. Yeah. She mm. was a great great mare for me and the team. We just had a, just an unbelievable time of the year, for sure.
0: She's had some suspensory issues. She's now at the stud and she's had a couple mm. of falls.
1: Yeah, she went first in the spirit of boom, but unfortunately she missed there. Then they they had a booking to trapeze artists the following year, so she went down there and she's got a a yearling filly on her and now she's in foal to, a weanling filly, now she's in foal to uh, Capitalist. Yeah, she'll be Mm. hopefully be a good broodmare, yeah. Yeah.
0: You had a real buzz in 2014 when you supplied the Wheatwood Handicap Quinella, Typhoon Red and Kempelli, and our old mate Nozzy Tomozawa rode the winner.
1: Yeah, that was amazing to get a Quinella in the race. Um, lovely to get a winner or a placing, but to get the Quinella, that was super. That'll uh, stay with us for a long time, John.
0: Plumaro has done a lovely job for you, Kev. She's won six, two at Doombin, and she ran second in the duel.
1: Yeah, the the run in the Jewel was probably as good a run as she ran in her career. She'd come from last and run second to Boomsara. That was a magic run, and uh, she's... Uh, so we've sold her now and she's um, in fault to better than ready, yeah.
0: Mm. Fighting Tio has been a great money spinner for the stable. He's won eight. You brought him to Sydney for a quick little hit-and-run mission one day. Not long ago, he ran second at Rose Hill.
1: Yeah, that was amazing, that. We went down there just to give him a trip and try and uh, sort of thought the trip might do him good as far as his head goes. He's a bit of a big, headstrong fella and... Uh, and he ended up running second, and we uh, brought him back, and I think he won his next three here in Queensland, um, or his next two at least, and it could have been three. But uh, he's uh, he's been a lovely horse for us, just back in work now. Uh, come back in work now. He's a seven-year-old, but he's only uh, he hasn't been over-raced, I don't think, and uh, he looks amazing, so who knows, you know.
0: Mm. Mr. Marblers was good for the stable, another eight-time winner. And didn't he? love Doombin. He won five times at Doombin.
1: Mm. Yeah, he won five times at Doombin, and two times he won there was after running nowhere in the week with Handicap as a favourite two years in a row. So, um, mm. yeah, that was good. He won the Ascot Handicap, the race that was run yesterday at Doomban and he won it. And uh, what's the name? Rode him, um, Bailey nordiff rode him as an apprentice uh, in, the, in the listed race where he couldn't claim an either. So, uh, mm. we've had a bit of a luck with the apprentices uh, for sure. But Mr. Marvellous, a lovely horse, yeah, for sure.
0: You love a day at the yearling sales, don't you? But your wife, Judy, is happy to go with you, but she usually stipulates that you're only going for a look.
1: Yeah, we generally only go for a look, but always come home with a horse or two. I don't know how that happens. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she reckons it's me that does it, but I'm sure it's her.
0: (laughs) So things would be a bit quiet around the camp for a couple of days after the sale.
1: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> what? Tizani Tomso worth a mention?
1: Oh, Tizani Tomso was a great horse. Yeah, he's uh, he won nearly half a million um, just around here and a little bit in Brisbane, you know. Um, yeah, he was a lovely horse. Locally, my brother-in-law and his family owned him. Sister and brother-in-law and their family they owned him, and he he was so good for them, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, tiz- he's a show jumper now, jumping like a rocket. Yeah, going really good.
0: Yep, and Tizano Boy.
1: Yeah, Tasani boy with another fellow. Yeah, he was the first one out of the mare. The mare threw six winners, uh, five winners from six folds, So uh, done done a damn good job, actually. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't know, there's another one that won one. So a whole lot of them were won. It's, geez, he's been a great family, Tasani Magic and Tasani Rose and Holy. Yeah, been a good family. Uh, mm. Terrific, terrific broodmare.
0: Mm. Kev, you've won one Toowoomba premiership, and I think you've in a very prominent spot this season.
1: Uh, yeah, we're second behind Lindsay Hatch, but we're we're, we're sort of can hardly see him. He's out there in front by four or five winds, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've yeah. got to do a bit of work to catch him. Uh, very hard to do, but anyhow, we'll be trying.
0: Mm. And the facilities at Toowoomba, uh, they tell me. I've spoken to a few trainers from the Downs. Uh, you couldn't be happier training on the famous Clifford Park track.
1: Oh, no, second to none for sure, John. Yeah, really good. Uh, the committee, the trackmen, the whole show, they do a great job for sure. Definitely, yeah.
0: Have you ever contemplated moving to Brisbane as the thought crossed your mind?
1: No, never, never, uh, never, uh, never at all. I think Toowoomba's just, um, pretty good. Uh, just, um, I think Toowoomba's, uh, that's it's, it's home for me for sure, John.
0: Mm. Yeah. Jim Atkins was still training horses at 93 years of age from the very stables that you now occupy. Would you like to have a crack at his record?
1: I'd never get near it. I'd never <laughs> even get bloody blow wind up it. <laughs> no way in the world, John. <laughs> but I'd love to get to 93. That'd do me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It'd be nice to still be poking around with one or two, though, wouldn't it, at 93?
1: Oh, wouldn't it ever. That'd do me. Yeah, that's for sure, John.
0: Kev we've put some pressure on you today you're trying to drive a car you're trying to pull a float uh, you're trying to keep the phone reception working uh, clearly you've done a great job mate thank you very much for taking all the trouble and great to have you on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound
1: you're a champion John thank you very much for uh, inviting us to be on your program I feel honoured thank you very much mate
0: Mitavite has been producing high-quality feeds and supplements for all walks of equine life for almost 40 years. Mitavite has become a household name in racing and breeding circles with products like Athlete, Formula 3 and Breeder, time-tested products in the breeding barn and on the racetrack. Twenty-six Thoroughbred Group 1 winners this season have been on a Mitavite feeding regime. From humble beginnings on the New South Wales Central Coast, Mitavite has become a world leader in equine nutrition. Infrastructure investment in the production mill and close attention to nutritional science keeps Mitavite at a standard of excellence developed over four decades. Check the website mitavite.com or follow the Mitavite Racing and Breeding Facebook page. The Mitavite brand has earned the respect of horse people all over the world.